You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. So in this time and in this season, may we represent Jesus well. And Matthew chapter 5 talks about being salt and being light. And I think this is a great opportunity for us to be just that, to represent Jesus well. Well, if you have your sermon notes, you can grab those there this morning. Back to the book of Haggai, chapter 1. I want to begin this morning with a question, a question for you. Here's the question. What would you say are the most significant things in your life? If you were to list the five things that matter most to you, your priorities, what would they be? Think about that for a minute. Maybe even write them there in the notes. What are the things that matter most to you in your life? Not talking about your neighbor now, your mate. We're talking about you. For those watching online, just type that into the chat line. Maybe a few of the things that you would say, these are most significant in my life. I give you just a second to jot those down. So here's a second question to the first question. How are you spending your time and your resources in relation to the areas that you say matter most? At the end of the day, what you prioritize defines your life. Think about that. What you prioritize defines your life. What you prioritize defines where you spend your time and your resources. What you prioritize will shape the investment of your life and the outcome of your life. So your priorities are a big deal. This is not a small deal. This is a big deal. The priorities of your life. But it's not enough just to identify our priorities. We have to make sure that we're focusing on the right priorities. You know, in the midst of a complicated world, we can, we can be distracted, we can even be deceived, and we can find ourselves chasing after things that in the long run uh, really don't matter. It's, it's like you spend your life climbing the ladder of success to find that it's leaning against the wrong building. Or you spend your life trying to achieve a certain position or status, and in the midst of, of that pursuit, you sacrifice the things that matter most, the things that really matter. So, so it's not enough, friend, it's not enough just that you've established your priorities. You need to make sure that your priorities are the right priorities. And what I've discovered in my own life is that it's possible to have misplaced priorities. Misplaced priorities. And when I was in Bible college, this goes back, well, this dates me a bit, goes back a lot of years. When I was in Bible college, 1986, I was obsessed, obsessed with my GPA. Like, I had to have A's. Like, a B was never acceptable. So I spent four years of my life um, writing papers, rewriting papers, studying for exams, um, and, and when I finished four years of Bible college, I graduated with a really high GPA. But what I came to discover is like it really didn't matter. Like no one, get this, no one has ever asked me, Pastor, what was your GPA in college? <laughs> like nobody cares. And all of the interviews that I've been through since Bible college, since I graduated in 1990, and all of the interviewing process that I've been through, no one has ever asked me, what was your GPA? Thank you. I feel so much better now. I feel so affirmed. Somebody finally cares. 
But really, it, it didn't matter. And I, I was so focused on GPA, grades. I, I, I got one B, and it wrecked me. You would have thought my mom died. One B. Because I was so consumed, and in the midst of being consumed with a GPA that in the long run really didn't matter. Now, I'm not saying, if you're a student here today, I'm not saying you shouldn't study. Okay, That's not what I'm saying. Nor am I saying you shouldn't apply yourself. I think you should apply yourself. But the point of my illustration is, is I had misplaced priorities, and there was four years of my life that I missed some things that I wish I could go back and gather or gain. But you can't go back. It's, it's the danger of misplaced priorities. So it's not enough to have identified your priorities. You have to make sure that you have the right priorities or you can spend your life chasing the wrong things. It was Johann Wolfgang who said, the things which matter most must never be at the mercy of the things which matter least. Well, that's a great word of advice. The things that matter most must never be at the mercy of the things which matter least. As Christ followers, we want to make sure that we're putting first things first. Would you say that with me? First things first. We want to be those who are putting first things first. We need to consistently evaluate our priorities to make sure that we're making the right investments in the right places. The Word of God tells us that it's vital to put our priorities in the right order and then to carefully cultivate each one with zeal and enthusiasm. As we come back to the book of Haggai, that was not happening with the Jewish people. That's why the prophet Haggai is, is, is confronting them. The root problem... The root problem they had, and we're going to discover this this morning as we look to the scripture, the root problem that the Jewish people had was misplaced priorities. In the midst of that, they were making all kinds of excuses. We talked about excuses last week. They were making all kinds of excuses trying to cover over, cover up their misplaced priorities. God sends the prophet Haggai to confront their wrong thinking and to confront their wrong living. That's why we have this book that we're going to look to this morning. But the book of Haggai is a, is a narrative with a corrective prophetic word. A narrative with a corrective prophetic word. Now let me, let me tell you what I mean by that. It's a narrative in that there's a story playing out. This is a story about a group of people, Jewish people, who were returning, as I said last week, they were returning from 70 years of captivity. So they've been in a place where they were enslaved for 70 years. King Cyrus says, hey, you can go back to Jerusalem. 50,000 Jews return to the city of Jerusalem for the purpose of rebuilding the city, rebuilding the temple, and restoring worship back in the city of Jerusalem. And if you recall from last week, as they returned under the leadership of Zerubbabel, they quickly began to rebuild the temple. They were so excited. Vigorously, they're working on the temple. They get the foundation of the temple laid, and then they get distracted. They get deceived. And there's this 20-year lapse of time where basically they've been busy about everything else, but the very thing that God's directed them. They've been busy about their own lives. And the process... They, ne- they, they neglected the things of God. And so this is a, a narrative playing out, and there's this prophetic corrective word. And I think in a similar way, there's a parallel here. Our lives are a narrative. 
Your life's a narrative. My life's a narrative. Your life is an unfolding story. Are you with me? So your story is playing out. Your life is an unfolding story. And what I've come to discover from time to time, we need a corrective word. From time to time, we need an adjustment in our lives. See, at times, I I think we need a wake-up call or, so to speak, a kick in the seat of the pants to cause us to evaluate our ways, our choices, and our lives. How we're ordering our lives. Just as the Jewish people had a problem with misplaced priorities, what I believe is the same thing can happen in our lives. I think it it happens often in our lives. Like the Jewish people that Haggai was addressing, we can easily become distracted and deceived. And before we know it, even at times, it's like it sneaks up on us. Like we're a bit unaware of it. We can have misplaced priorities. We can find ourselves giving our time, resources, and energy to the pursuit of stuff and neglect the priority of God and the things of God. And what we're going to discover this morning is it didn't work so well for the Jewish people, nor will it work for us. There's a principle of priorities that we're going to see this morning as we look to Haggai chapter 1. If you have your scripture, you can look with me. Chapter 1, beginning with verse 3, it's also going to be on the screen, I believe, for you this morning. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house, God's house, remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. You've planted much, but you've harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your field. You put on your clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring down the timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. Notice verse 9. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be a little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine, the oil, and whatever the the ground produces on men and cattle and on the labor of your hands. So what we discover here in this passage is like life's not going well for the Jewish people. Would you agree with that? Uh, They're not in a happy place. Can we say it that way? They're not in a happy place. They're not in a good place. Verse 6 Verse 6 reveals their dilemma. God says, you've planted much, but you've harvested little. In other words, you're working, working, you're you're preparing the ground, you're sowing all the seed, yet when harvest time comes, there's no yield. You eat, but you never have enough. There's a little food on the table, enough to sustain you, but there's never enough to be like completely satisfied. You drink, but you never have you feel. There's there's enough to quench the thirst, but there's really not enough to, to enjoy. You put on clothes, but you're not, you're not warm. Even though they have clothing to cover their bodies, it still does not meet their need. He goes on to say, you earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. In other words, they're working hard, they're earning money, but it's like the money, the money just disappears. Like, where did it go? It's a hole in a purse. 
And the Jews who had returned from exile found themselves in a place of crisis. And again, here's the root problem. Their priorities were out of order. Their priorities were out of whack. They were focused on their priorities, not God's priorities. Having become so busy with their own interests, the returned Jews were neglecting the construction of God's house. Their, their own houses were completed and they were like paneled with this beautiful cedar while the temple remained in ruins. What they had wanted or what they wanted had taken precedent over what God wanted. And they thought, in their minds, they thought they, they didn't have time to do, to do work on God's house. If you, if you look back to what verse 9 says, interesting, God says, you expected much, but see, it, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house, his own interests. See, they had time to do what they wanted, and they had time to pursue their own interests, but they did not have time for God. They didn't have time to do His work. Through misplaced priorities, they had deceived themselves. Does that sound familiar? Like, might that be happening in your life? As a result of their misplaced priorities, they were experiencing what I would identify as a drought. A drought in every area of their lives. Again, life was not going good for the Jewish people. Although they were working hard, they were not progressing. Although they were being diligent, like they never seemed to have enough. They were in this season of lack. Rather than experiencing God's favor, they were experiencing His judgment because they were not giving God the priority and the place in their lives that He deserved. Again, the Scripture says that God was actually working against them. How many of you know you don't want God working against you? You want him working for you, not, not against you. Yet that's where, that's where the Jewish people were at. And again, what was the root of the problem? The root of the problem was misplaced priorities. In verse 5 and, verse, and, and again in verse 7, interesting, twice in this passage of Scripture, God's challenge to the Jewish people was this, give careful thought to your ways. Or we might, we might say it like this, consider your priorities. Consider what you're giving your time, your focus, and your energy to. And the condition of the people's heart could be directly gauged by their attitude toward working on God's house. And again, the problem was misplaced priorities. They had so pursued what they wanted that they had neglected God and His work. They had placed like their agenda above God's agenda. And as a result, like nothing was going well in their lives. They're experiencing diminishing returns in every area of their lives, all because they had neglected God and were giving Him, get this, they were giving Him the leftovers of their lives. I know you would never do that. But they were. Leftovers. God, you can have this leftover of my life. See, this is what I know, friends. If we're not careful and cautious, the same thing can happen in our lives. We can, come, we can become so busy in life and so busy pursuing what we think we want or what we think we need that God gets pushed out of our lives. And there's no place or space 
left for God. We can spend our lives pursuing what we want and just giving God the leftovers of our lives. When we allow that to happen, this is what we're doing. We're robbing ourselves. We're robbing ourselves. When that happens, we're closing our lives to the favor and the blessing and the work of God in our lives. So like, like the Jewish people Haggai was confronting, we need to give careful thought to our ways. Reflect on our ways, our priorities. So, so here's, a, here's a question for you this morning. What does your priorities reveal about the place that God has in your life? Okay, don't think about your neighbor right now. Think about your mate. Think about your life. What does your priorities reveal about the place and priority that God has in your life? Think about your time, your resources, your energy, and your abilities. How are you honoring God in each of these areas? Like, What priority does God have? And what we don't want to do, folks, is we don't want to give God the leftovers of our lives. That's where the Jewish people were at. And again, life was not going well for them. Here's three truths. Really quick, a little sidebar, but here's three truths that you need to understand about your priorities. The first is, is your priorities reveal what you value. So you can talk all day about what you value. You can make bold statements about your value system, but your priorities really reveal what you value. They, they make a statement. Second truth about, about priorities is that our priorities direct where we spend our resources of time, energy, and money. If you want to do a real quick check of your priorities, there's two places you can look. Your schedule and your checkbook. Where you spend your time and where you spend your money. Those two areas will tell you a lot about your priorities. What we, what we call it, what we give priority to, what we value, gets what? It gets our time and our resources. Are you with me? Listen, I, I know it's painful at times to admit that, but it's true. Look at your schedule. Look at your credit card statement. What does that what does that reveal? Here, here's a third truth about priorities is that our priorities will shape our days, which in the end shapes our lives. Your priorities shape your days. In the end, it shapes the life that you live. That's why our priorities are a big deal. Ultimately, they shape the direction and the investment of our lives. So like the Jewish people that Haggai was addressing, we need to give careful thought to our ways. Give careful thought to your ways, to your priorities. See, we must reorder our priorities, making God first in every area of our lives. Listen, God desires and demands first place in our lives, not because he's insecure, but because of this, because he loves you. That's why he wants first place. He loves us and he wants us to engage in relationship with him. It's all about priority. He loves us and he wants to bring his favor and his blessing for our lives. Listen, God wanted to use the Jewish people in such a way that he could reveal his glory through the Jewish people to the nations. 
See it throughout Scripture. That was God's plan. Through the Jewish people to bring salvation for the Gentiles. That's why he wanted to bless them. So, so, so God desires first place. Why? Because he wants to bring his favor. I believe that God is good and he wants to bring his goodness to your life. Amen? Yeah. Psalm 23, the last part of Psalm 23, verse, 20, uh, verse 6 says, And the goodness of the Lord follows after the righteous. Proverbs, I think it's 13, verse 21 from the New Living Translation, says the blessings of the, the, blessings of the Lord chase after the righteous. See, God wants that place of priority in your life because in that it opens the way for him to bring his favor and his blessing. And God loves us and he knows, he knows how we function best. See, we were created. Human beings, we were created to function in relationship with God. Listen, just as a fish was created to function to thrive in water, so we were created to function, to thrive in relationship with God. I mean, it's a simple analogy, but it's so true. If you take a fish out of the water for an extended amount of time, what happens to the fish? Dies. Why? Because you took it out of the environment in which it was created to function in. In a similar way, you and I were created to function best in relationship with God. That God would have that place of priority in our lives. See, we can only thrive spiritually, physically, and eternally if we're in right relationship with God. So if you want to thrive, then how do we get there? Then we give God the rightful place in our lives. So we were created to function in relationship with God. What the Bible makes very clear is that we're commanded to put God first. It's not suggested. It's, it's a command. We're commanded to what, give God the, the first place. Listen, God will not be second. You cannot put God second, third, or somewhere down your priority list and expect, and expect to live in God's favor and blessing. It doesn't work. Interesting, when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, he gave these words we find in Exodus chapter 20, verse 2 and 3. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. No other gods. That directive is pretty clear. God first and God alone. No other gods. God first and God alone. And then in Matthew 6.33, Jesus said these words, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Notice Jesus doesn't say seek second or seek third or when it's convenient. He says seek first. First. Priority. There's no way around it. We're commanded to give God priority in our lives, to give Him the place that He desires and deserves. And when we do this, friends, when we give Him that place, we open our lives to a greater relationship with God and experience His work in our lives in a greater way. 
See, we discover, we discover God's provision when we put him first. And the Jewish people here that Haggai was addressing, they were not experiencing God's provision. They were not living in the favor of God. Actually, they were experiencing the judgment of God. In verse 9, the scripture says, what, what it, God said to them, what you brought home, I blew away. I'm not working for you. I'm standing against you because you have a priority problem. You've misplaced priority. Again, what God wanted them to have their priorities in right relation, him being the priority so that he could bring his favor and his blessing on their lives and for their lives. So that he could manifest his glory through the temple and through their lives, through, um, through the city of Jerusalem, t- to the world. And I believe that God wants to bring his blessing and his favor to your life so that he can reveal his glory through you. Wherever you go, where you work, where you go to school. God's provision is connected to us putting him first. I think one of the challenges today with the church, with Christianity is we're giving God the leftovers of our lives and we're expecting his provision. And we're wondering why God's not showing up. We're giving him the leftovers and we're experiencing diminishing returns. We're giving him the leftovers and we're living in a place where we're always at need because God's not, God doesn't have that place of priority in your life. It's interesting, not only here in the book of Haggai, but if you look to the last book of the New Testament, we have the prophet Malachi addressing the same issue. Here the Jewish people were actually, the scripture says they were robbing God. And because they were robbing God, ultimately they were robbing themselves. They were robbing God and they were limiting that of God's work in their lives. Listen to how the scripture reads, Malachi chapter 3, verse Verses 8 through 10. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you, God? In tithes and offerings, you're under a curse, the whole nation of you. Notice they're not under, a, they're not under the blessing. Notice what the scripture says, they're under a curse. Why? Because they're robbing God. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Notice God says, test me in this. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not have room enough for it. And that scripture reveals the generosity of God. Throw open the floodgates of heaven. Now Malachi here is addressing the issue of honoring God in finances with the tithe. But there's a broader principle here. And it's the principle of priority. It's the principle of keeping first things first. It's the principle of giving God that rightful place in your life. And when we do, we discover God's provision. There's a connection here. As God has the rightful place in our lives, when we put Him first... We discover his provision. You know, the charge that the prophet Haggai gave to the Jewish people was this. Give careful thought to your ways. It says it twice. Verse 5, verse 7. Give careful thought 
to your ways. I, I would challenge you. As your friend and as your pastor today, I would challenge you with the same question. Give careful thought to your ways. And it makes little difference what you say your priorities are. It's what you do that reveals your true priorities. So here's a couple points of reflection I want to leave you with as I wrap this up. Thinking about your life. Again, don't think about your neighbor right now. Don't think about your mate. Don't think about your friend. It's about you. Here's the good news. You're never going to have, when you get to heaven, you're never going to have to answer for Pharaoh. Isn't that good news? You, you'll never have to answer for me. But when you, when you get to heaven, you will have to answer for you. For you. So thinking about your life today, do the actions of your life reveal that pursuing God and honoring God is a priority? Do the actions of your life reveal that pursuing God and honoring God is a priority? Give careful thought to your ways. Here's a second question. If you were to assess how you spend your life in every area of your life, what does it reveal about your relationship with God? Can't think about your life. Every area of your life. What does that reveal about your life, about your relationship with God? See, like the Jewish people that Haggai was addressing... We can be easily distracted and deceived and have misplaced priorities. And now is the time, friend. Now is the time to reorder the priorities. And this is not about something we do today and only for a day. What I've discovered in my own life is there's an ongoing process of me considering my ways. I need to consider my ways today. The next week, I need to consider my ways again because I have a tendency to wonder. You may not have that problem, but I do. I have a tendency, I'm a bit ADD, ADD I get distracted. I'm to consider my ways, course adjust, that God would be the priority of my life in every area of my life my finances, in my relationship, in my time, in my leadership. Consider your ways. What do your ways say today about you and your relationship with God? Lord, this morning I ask by your Spirit that you would search our hearts. Because God, what I know is this problem that the Jewish people had was not just their problem. Lord, wow, we have the tendency to do the same, to get so caught up in. And sometimes, God, we don't even realize it. Sometimes it kind of, Lord, it sneaks up on us. And before we know it, we're chasing after temporary things that at the end of the day, they really don't matter. 
before we know it, Lord, we can find ourselves giving you the leftovers of our lives, the leftovers of our time, the leftovers of our energy, the leftovers of our abilities, the leftovers of our finances. So, Holy Spirit, this morning, would you search our hearts as we consider our ways? As we think about our priorities, because, Lord, they do make a statement. Lord, we want to be those who live in your favor. We want to be those who experience your kingdom come present in our lives. We want to be those who experience that of your work in our lives. And God, what I understand is all of that's connected to you being the priority of our lives. Lord, there's no one here today who would say, no, I don't want God's blessings. No, God, we all want to live in your favor. The Holy Spirit, this still moment, speak to our hearts. Lord, today we repent. God, we repent for giving things precedent over you. We, we repent for putting things before you, Lord, whatever that might be. It could look a lot of different ways. But Lord, we, we own that this morning. God, forgive us for not giving you the rightful place. And Lord, today we, we, we course correct. Today we, we come back to say, God, it's you. It's you that we need. It's you that we want. It's you that we give that priority to. May we May we consistently, continually consider our ways, Lord, and and find ourselves always coming back to you. Because, Lord, in that, what I know is that of your favor and your blessing and your goodness. Not that we don't have challenges, but, God, it's that of you working even through the challenges of our lives because we've chosen to give you first place. Holy Spirit, help us to keep first things first. I'm reminded of your word that says trust in you with all of our heart and lean not to your own understanding, Lord, that of acknowledging you. Hey, God, you said you would direct our paths. Lord, for that we're grateful. So, Lord, again, help us consistently to consider our ways, to consider our ways. And always find ourselves coming back to you. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.